everybody. This is Tina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. And I have Q the nurse. Hey, Q, how are you? Very good. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love this. Give me a chance to talk like I like doing. What's up, Tina? Well a lot but i just prefer when we're doing this just to not even talk about all that stuff that crazy stuff that's going on at the hospital right now it's so stressful this is my kind of a relief from that sort of my comic relief you know to just get to kind of um talk about different things and not have to worry about all the stress that's going on at the hospital so um you're a true nurse everything's great (laughs) do you know how i know you're a true nurse tina because your definition of taking a break is talking about stories of crazy um healthcare providers (laughs) that is true i mean that is really true (laughs) i love it though you have to be a nurse if your idea of taking Right. Your idea of taking a break is to talk about nursing or talk about healthcare in in general. But it is. This is very relaxing for me. It's almost like therapy for me to be able to do the podcast and to be able to just kind of like I don't know, chat with friends that are all across the country. You're in California right now and I'm in East Tennessee and I can just sit and have a, con- a conversation with you and my, our, we have a, a wonderful friendship. So, this is just therapeutic for me i appreciate you guys so much for listening to this and keeping this going so it's really nice this is the story of dr mark wangler wangler now that's a name (laughs) i know he said he was an anesthesiologist and so um for those of you guys who are CRNAs or prospective CRNAs, I talked to Braden a couple of weeks ago, and he is just starting nursing school, but his ultimate goal is to be a CRNA. I know a lot of you guys are probably making that a goal of yours. I would never want to do that. Oh, but absolutely not. Kudos to all of those who do. Yes. Thank you. So happy and thankful to have you there doing your job and doing such a good job of that. But um, so Dr. Wangler, he was an anesthesiologist. He grew up in Fort Recovery. That's a it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Fort Recovery, Ohio, where you grew up. I always find it funny when that, these things are so just coincidentally just happens to be that an anesthesiologist grew up in Fort Recovery. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> kind of weird. So he was an intel, very intelligent, but introverted bookworm of sorts. I'm kind of a bookworm, but I'm not, I don't think I'm introverted, but I like to read. He was in church every Sunday. He was very, very religious. He knew from a young age that he wanted to be a doctor. He was kind of um, fascinated with science and built his own chemistry lab in his basement. And so when he was 17, he was introduced to a young lady. Her name was Kathy. Yeah, she was 15 at the time. Young love. Uh, He hadn't. I know. It's kind of nice. He was he never had dated before. uh, But for some reason, he was just very comfortable with her from the very beginning, even though he's like, you know, shy and awkward. Kathy just made him feel very comfortable and they hit it off. That's not really surprising, though. 17 dating for the first yeah. time isn't that surprising. Um, finding your wife at 17, that, that's surprising. But I don't know, it's also back in the day. Yeah. You know, high school sweethearts were a legit thing. Nowadays, it's my Tinder match. It's different times. <laughs> yeah, people move on pretty quickly nowadays. Yes. Yeah, back then they probably... and. Yeah, maybe in smaller towns, too. Oh, that makes sense. Your options might be limited. And if you're very shy and introverted and you come across somebody who is interested in you, maybe you kind of... Fall into that. Yeah, st- yeah kind of stick it out with them. Yeah. So um, Kathy was very bubbly and outgoing. She was not introverted like he was. They loved each other, kind of balanced each other out. And both of them 
were Christians. So they shared that as well, you know, their uh, Christian faith. And then after they had dated for about three years, they got married. So that's a pretty young age to get married. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, Kathy would have only been like 18. That's right? wild. Yeah, that is wild. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's a decision. Yeah, right. So after he graduated from, you know, obviously we're skipping ahead quite a bit, but I, I would imagine there wasn't a whole, there wasn't probably a, you know, very eventful those first years. He was probably just going to college, went to medical school. And then after he graduated from medical school, he started working as, of course, an anesthesiologist. And they had two boys. The boys remembered that their parents had a very loving relationship when they were young. I think children probably see things very differently from oh what God. reality is sometimes. You yeah. know? You, I mean, parents are probably not going to show them the other and, side. And the thing is, about being a kid, like even the things that are messed up in your house... Unless, until you grow up, leave the house and see what things are su- supposed to, see how other people live, you're like, mm-hmm. we weren't living the, you know, the most kosher life, right? It's so like, yeah. I, I definitely hear what you say, and it's always like this. But at the same time, Tina, in all of these good doctors, good nurses, I mean, bad doctor, bad nurses story, the stories always sound so perfect. It's always, they always yes. start out with, they were the best student, they were so good, everybody <laughs> loved them, there was a perfect family. I'm just waiting for the ball to drop here. That's all I'm waiting for. I know, for. the other shoe That's to drop, it. you know, as they say. Well, they were in, generally a very close family. They would go hiking together and camping together, which by the way, y'all don't go camping. That's dangerous, <laughs> serial killer, hello. I don't understand people in camping. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, why? I'm sorry, but I got to go on a Tina tangent yes. here because I can't say camping and not say this. But you go in your house and you lock a door, right? Don't you lock all your doors, please? Before you lock your you doors. You, you, you spend money every month on an alarm system that will call the freaking police. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when your dog accidentally sets it off. <laughs> and the police come. I mean, you know, nothing has ever happened to me or anything. I never got, not that I've ever gotten a phone call at work, you know, from a police officer. But anyway, I digress. So, but you do all of this stuff and then you'll go like literally sleep outside in a freaking car <laughs> with a zipper. <laughs> oh, wow. So first and foremost, uh, if you do go camping, I really hope you're not just pulling up in your local, you know, neighborhood park because that doesn't count as camping. So these people aren't going out in the woods and living that oldie mm-hmm. life. I can't try to understand. I definitely don't understand. I'm a city boy born and raised. I can't be doing camping. But the hiking I like. I like their hiking. I think that's nice. I think yeah, that's nice. I like hiking. It's just the camp- that whole sleeping outside. <sighs> no, don't do that. I, I Look, if you're tempted to do this, please contact me. I can give you a whole list of people who were killed oh by serial killers goodness. while doing this. Don't scare the folks. I got all the stories. Ladies and gentlemen, you go Look, camping. I can hook you up. You want to ride a motorcycle, contact me. I got plenty of stories. You you want to go camping contact me i got all the reasons why you shouldn't do it <laughs> i'm like one of those people that have a story for everything why you should be like super safe and never do anything <laughs> <laughs> we got tina mom of the year over here <laughs> so anyway that oh gosh they went camping together they they went hiking i mean they're very outdoorsy sound like a, a nice family and kathy loved being married to a doctor she would 
love to live that life of like the doctor's wife getting together, planning social gatherings, doing the little doctor's wife things. I don't know, whatever that is. I would, um, I would, have I would no love idea. to be a doctor's husband. <laughs> Social gatherings, drinks, celebrations, yeah. doing those um, mm-hmm. when they're raising money for a disease or whatever. I'd be a right. great fucking doctor's hubby. <laughs> I would be. You just. Yeah. Yeah, just handle yeah. everything. You're just like social <laughs> butterfly, raising money for all the causes. That's kind of what she did, and she loved I bet it. She, did. she just ate that life up and loved it. Uh, so they moved to Lima after uh, he got a new job. And both children are in school. Kathy had some time to get actually go and get an education for herself. That sort of reminds me of me. That's what I did. I raised my children. And as they got older, and they were busy doing their thing, and didn't necessarily need me anymore and I didn't want to be like obnoxious like chasing after like please let me be your mom still (laughs) Uh, I decided I could definitely (laughs) see you doing that though (laughs) I could have but I just you know I just decided to mm, you made a great decision I guess I could have a life of my own so yeah so I went to nursing school and that's kind of what what Kathy did she went and she got a business degree at the Ohio State University I think that's really cool you know she is a doctor's wife they obviously were not hurting for money she didn't have to go and you know get a job to be able to provide for their family she wanted to just better herself and in order to do that she decided she wanted to go um, finish school and she got a degree in business and then she made a friend while in school and she told this friend this was the first friend that her husband hadn't picked out for her and this per so this is a story that's been pretty pretty well done like it's been done several times in the media it's it's it was on 48 hours it was on a a who a show that's uh, on hulu called till death do us part like one of those kind of like episodic true crime kind of shows and so this woman has been interviewed wonderful wonderful woman and you could tell just a really really good friend of kathy's her name was or her last name was miller she told her friend miller that she was the first friend that her husband had not actually picked out for her i, I don't know what that meant exactly other than maybe it just sort of happened like here's a cup like maybe he was friends with the doctor. No, I don't no, know. No, 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 no. Don't you no, think no. that's weird? Um, uh, so, like, obviously, 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 it's weird. Um, uh, when you first mm-hmm. hear it, and there, you should definitely go watch it because I, I fell asleep watching it a little after this. But it, it's on Hulu, whatever the show she said it is. Uh, but you, when you are watching these shows, when you do go into it, no, understanding, you you start to wait, right, you, for the other shoe to drop. And like this is when it first hit me. That's not something you do. It's not something you tell people. And the nonchalant way the friend expressed how she said it to her made me feel like, mm. damn, Mr. Wangler over here is super controlling. And uh, Kathy probably, and that's again, like, I don't think she knows that you're not supposed, you, your husband is not supposed to pick out your friends, right? And she just thinks it's normal. She's like, oh my goodness, you're my first friend. Mark hasn't picked out for me. And I'm like, damn, damn. Because the way the friend describes it doesn't sound like Kathy's concerned about the fact that that's her first friend she's just happy to have her own first friend it's like it just exactly and i'm like damn how can that just occur to you but they did get married when she was 18 right so true i don't know life experience outside of mark is outside of mark and her personal family is not much to be honest right well think about it i guess if they got married when she was 18 and he was a few years older um and he was in college she probably didn't I guess she probably didn't work. So she probably didn't have a lot of connection um, 
outside of whoever he was in contact with at exactly. school or at work. You know, so I would imagine that all of their connections, the, you know, whenever they would have dinner parties or go somewhere out with friends, it was all probably his friends. friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it probably occurred to her going to school, you know, meeting um, this new person that she connected with immediately, just had this really neat connection with i i meet people like this all the time and i'll have the connection with it it's just the the best feeling in the world because i'm just like oh my gosh this is like soul friends you know like you just you just get each other right away and i feel like that's what happened with kathy and her friend and and she seems like a like a really cool friend right she seems like she's fun mm-hmm. too if you watch the video she loved her like you could yeah. tell that she really loved her i like her it, i like her yeah friend. mm-hmm Definitely. So other students and friends of Kathy knew that coming back to school meant a lot to her and her independence. She, uh, oh man, I can can relate to this so, so much. She just felt like, wow, this is me. This is totally just for me. It's not for anyone else. This is all about who I am as a person, as an individual. I'm no longer a mother, a wife. Like this is all me. There's it. It's just like kind of carving out a a little bit of the world for yourself, and and feeling like wow, I'm actually a a whole person all by myself. <laughs> it's sort of a good feeling, you know. And that doesn't mean that you're not a mother. I mean, I'll always be a mother, always be a wife. You know, that's all part of who you are too. But I can totally understand and relate to Kathy how she was feeling to just find this whole other part of herself that so that you know when. You, she doesn't have that sort of emptiness feeling that happens, you know, when her children are gone and, oh, now what do I do with my life? Oh, I know what I do with my life. I'm exactly. a businesswoman. I just went and got a business degree. You know, that's what she was doing. And I love it. So that's a, a, well, I, I'm, she was known for being. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. I just, you're, that's so important that you just said that, right? Because this entire time we were describing Kathy, we describe her mm-hmm. based on how she takes care or treats or is associated with another person. This is the first time, like, when we first meet her, you know, she's, you know, Kathy, uh, what's his name? Homeboy's girlfriend, right? And then, then she right. becomes the the doctor's wife. I mean, that was her title in the show, the doctor's wife, which is insane. And then she's yeah. a mother, right? I mean, obviously she's a mother, but this is all, like, her as how she is used or part of someone else's life. This is the first time you see mm-hmm. Kathy as just Kathy. It must be a big, right. huge feeling. And this is, it's just, yeah, yes, okay. No, I'm sorry. It just hit me. It just kind of hit me that it, yeah. that makes sense. Good for you, Kathy. Good for you. Absolutely good for you, Kathy. And it, it's, you know, in these stories, I always like to, as much as I possibly can, a lot of times the victims get lost yes. in these stories. They just yeah. don't. That's not, the, that's not the focus of the story. And I, as much as we possibly can, we try to find as, you know, the, as whatever detail we can about them. Because I... I know that the, their story needs to be told. And I feel like just her friend's account of her and just from kind of understanding the way that her schoolmates saw her, I feel like she would just been a really cool person to be around. She seemed like a very lively person, bubbly, wonderful, and no telling what in the world she would have done had we not sort of um, gotten into the the part of this that makes it the bad yeah. doctor story. But things story. do get a little juicy. I really do start, I kind of mm-hmm. like the things Kathy does. It's a little, you know, 
off kilter, but like I, lo- I it love, is. It. I love. It. It's not your typical. Yeah, yeah. we're not. It's not going to be the typical uh, um, bad doctor story that we that we hear or like super the t- submissive you know, wife. No, yeah. no, no. Kathy's doing mm-hmm. her own thing. Oh no! <laughs> Let's turn up no. the heat over here. So I guess we can get back to this. Oh, this bad doctor story. So we're going to talk about the absent father because we all know. If you work in healthcare, you know, there's a time period there that doctors are just, especially ones that work in surgery. And he's an anesthesiologist, so he's probably getting called all hours of the night. So his job became increasingly demanding. That's not at all surprising. Um, he pretty much just, he would work and sleep. I see this at the hospital a lot. I, I will leave the hospital at, what, 7, 15, 7, 30. And I've been there. I've been there like twelve or thirteen hours, and there there will be a doctor who was there when I got there, there when I left, and then I come back in the morning at like six thirty. They're literally sitting in the same spot, and I'm just like, "Did you ever leave?" They work so hard, yes, you guys. They, they really do. do. Doctors are amazing. Not just doctors, nurse practitioners, providers in general. These people, what what they do, it's. I just have so much admiration um, for them and the sacrifice that they make. Uh, it's not easy. And I appreciate them so much. So that was him. I mean, he he would work and sleep. And he didn't really have a lot of time to spend with his family. Uh, naturally, he and Kathy started to become distant. They both kind of kept things functioning um, as a household. But the, I guess the, that's sort of the way things work sometimes in a marriage where they have children they have um an image to uphold especially being a doctor and a doctor's wife in a small town they they kind of kept things going and it sounds like they were kind of a religious family so they probably didn't want to share all the yeah dirty laundry just kind of keep the facade right? right keep that sort of uh yeah exterior like oh the perfect christian family I agree, but at the same time, I don't think it is a good thing to just be like the second something goes wrong, go share it with the world. You should try to keep mm-hmm. it in the house. Uh, like, I don't know, like, obviously go do your therapy, talk to your best friend or whatever, but like, I don't think there's something wrong with doing that. You know what I mean? Just keeping things in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it's troubles. Everyone goes through it. There's no reason to share it with the world. I appreciate you saying that because I think a lot of people sort of make fun of like people that go up that are on social media but never talk about their problems or kind of act like everything's perfect and i mean the thing is i honestly don't think social media is the place to, yeah. to share all your grievances <laughs> you, know, your, you know your dark secrets that's kind of crazy like people that do that i'm just like Ew, right. this is so awkward it's right hard now. <laughs> like i don't know you i don't need to know what you and your therapist talked about yesterday like okay no <laughs> But like they'll literally like put their arguments with their spouse on there and stuff, and you're just like, "Geez, I think you're gonna regret this in the morning." People are crazy. Get, get a good friend. People, I oh know. Get a good friend that you can right? call and just like air out all your stuff. Like just say whatever you want, and as long as they understand that the next day they're not gonna hold it against <laughs> you. You know, and it's going to be, it's exactly. fine because whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, just social media is not that friend. It's not that friend because <laughs> social media is no. there forever, <laughs> forever. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It is. And all the people, all your friends have seen that now. And they've judged you. Harshly. <laughs> they have judged you accordingly. <laughs> Some are better than others. <laughs> I judge harshly. <laughs> I mean... I don't know. I try not to, but come on. You people, guys are just making it. This is lobbing a little softball right at us here. <laughs> right. So they kept everything functioning, and but they weren't necessarily, uh, everything wasn't necessarily the greatest. Kathy's friends from school did kind of have the impression that she wasn't necessarily real happy in their marriage. They got the impression that Dr. Wangler maybe didn't like the fact that she was this new independent person. Maybe that bothered him. Maybe he felt threatened by her getting an education and becoming a new person and becoming independent and having her uh, her own goals and being happy, you know, in spite of the fact that he's not there. Um, I Maybe he was totally fine as long as he was the one going to work and kind of didn't necessarily have a connection with her but you know she's just at home get with the children not necessarily connected to the world but once she became connected to the world dad maybe he wasn't too happy but no, no, that he wasn't uh yeah um I- i'm gonna let you keep going just because i have a lot to say about what you're about to talk about <laughs> oh my gosh it this makes me so mad when i yeah. oh, this was so frustrating so apparently they had this really she had a nice little graduation party so when i graduated from college at the ripe old age of like i don't even know it was it was a few years you know i was a little <laughs> i was definitely not 22 years old but I had we had like all the friends like everybody came like I wanted everybody to be there and and I remember all these people and all my friends and family the people that I just loved and cared for the most that were just so supportive they were so wonderful they were like so encouraging and so proud of me and I just remember just being really I don't know just like happy and proud of myself that I accomplished that and I can just, um, gosh, I can, I can relate to Kathy so much. It makes me so sad to think about her. But she was at this, at her party, at her party with all her friends. And I could just see her just mingling around and just being so proud of what she had done. Her friggin' husband, Dr. Wengler, is literally going around to every person at that party saying that she will never use her degree. That's disgusting. What was the comment he made earlier that I was like, this is when I didn't feel, oh, well, about the, this is the picking my friend situation. I was like, all right, that's mm-hmm. really weird. I don't like that at all. I, I don't know their relationship. Mm-hmm. Let me not, you know, let me not judge too harshly yet. But this, right? get out, get out, get out homegirl Kathy her entire life up until this point her entire marriage with you up until this point she's hosting mm-hmm. your party she's doing your fundraisers she's dancing around pouring the champagne she's this greatest wife ever raising your children the right. one fu- mm-hmm. the one time the one time it's a party about her celebrating her achievement you go ahead and you just party foul the entire thing 
The thing that kills me, the thing that kills me, it's not like he made a joke when he made his thank you speech or whatever. He was literally going around telling everybody she's never going to use a degree. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Yeah. Why did you, why is she going to school for? Like, what is this entire thing about that, right? Uh, it's just the one time she gets to shine and he wants to pour all this water on it and just... I, that mm-hmm. really frustrated me about this. I'm like, this. she sounds like a great wife. Why are you being an asshole? Why are you being an asshole? He could not handle it. He could not stand that. Obviously, this was a, a situation where his wife has accomplished something. And he could have chosen at that time to lift her up and just, just be like, oh, my gosh, I am so proud of you. You didn't have to do this. I man we made plenty of money and you you went and did this anyway this is amazing i think this is wonderful like i want to support you that's who he could have been that's what he could have said but instead he wanted to like you said kind of like throw a wet blanket over the whole thing and diffuse it with every single person not just one person basically go around and diffuse the whole thing like just in case anyone here was is impressed by what my wife has accomplished or thinks that this is a good thing for her i just want to let you know it's been nothing but a waste of time and a waste of money and she's not even going to use this degree anyway oh my gosh i could just (laughs) right so mad just i don't (laughs) understand that i don't understand that at all um and in the because this is around when i fell asleep in the in the show on hulu about this but did they tell us <laughs> about what Kathy's response was? Because I just remember the friend saying, I thought that was the most disrespectful thing ever. Did, did, did they say anything about what Kathy said about that specific day? What's interesting is I don't think they did. I don't think... Oh, okay. I wonder if her friend knew it but didn't tell her maybe they spared her feelings oh i see because he probably didn't say it to her Uh, he was probably going around saying it to everyone except her and her friends are probably here's the thing though mark just looked like a total butt uh in front of all of her friends and family none of all of them i guarantee you they loved kathy they he did not everything that he did all that accomplished was make himself look like a selfish butt yes because (laughs) they already knew she was amazing she didn't she she already proved herself she already is an amazing person she already accomplished what she accomplished they're already proud of her and so by him doing that they're all standing around talking to themselves about him behind his back and probably didn't want to tell Kathy because they didn't want to hurt her, I would imagine. They were probably just like, what a, gosh, what a jerk. Can you believe right. this? So, you know, he did not accomplish what he set out to. Of course not. Yeah. You know? And he's, yeah. Uh, just a side note, I know this is a good, like, good family podcast. You're adorable. He's just a butt. I haven't heard someone call another person <laughs> a butt since third grade. <laughs> you <laughs> anyway you that's just you and i do an episode together and i always just want to talk as if we're just like not even recording an episode <laughs> so we just start talking randomly about stuff <laughs> you, so that's right we were recording. that's right right <laughs> so anyway they were struggling obviously in their marriage it, it, and this is not good i mean she's going on she got her degree he's being not supportive whatsoever um, he's not happy that she's becoming this independent woman and 
um, kind of making a life a life for herself. That doesn't mean that there's no life with you. And that that's right. what's so frustrating is it seems like some people don't understand that you can be together and have a, a marriage or relationship with someone else and be two individuals. You can be two individuals and still be married you or have, have a relationship have to with own someone. the other person. So many people don't yeah. get that. Absolutely. And I feel like your relationship could be so much stronger because you're two individual people that are coming together as opposed to two partial people, people are- that attached at the hip yeah. that needs to have a, yeah, yeah of course of course you're looking for <laughs> teamwork we're not looking for uh, yeah or one person is is a whole person they're living their life they are being fulfilled they you know went to medical school and they're living their life that they want to live um, and then the other person is sort of like following along with that how about we both be a whole person and we both you know uh, exactly. to me that's the healthiest way to do that so Kathy started taking out credit cards, spending a lot of money on things that just were not even necessary. (laughs) (laughs) She had no problem whatsoever spending that money. Mark spent his days fishing alone. And um, he said that one time he came home and found Kathy being uh, intimate with another man. Now, Kathy's friends say that that's not likely. They said that they would have known if that happened. Her best friend that she that she met at school, you know, that she we were talking about earlier, she yes. said, there's no way that that happened. I mean, if you guys have friends, if you have a, like, best friend, you know that the there's no way something like that was going, yeah. So yeah. they so knew. Look, listen. And they were like, oh, okay. nope, that didn't happen. No. Uh, so, uh, look. Me judging Kathy right now doesn't mean I think less of her. It might, but yeah. it doesn't mean that I think it doesn't mean that I think Mark is a good person. But I have to say this right, right. here: of course, mm-hmm. the friend is. I don't want to say of course she's going to say that because the friend seems like she's telling the truth, and that's what she honestly believed that she had no idea that this was right. happening. But the thing that gets me is it's also when she started doing this. Um, what's it called? Shopping therapy? What'd you call it? What'd you say? Mm-hmm. What is it called? Retail Shop therapy? therapy? Retail therapy. It's also <laughs> when she started doing the retail therapy. So this is a new thing in her life. I I don't I don't think it's that much of a stretch stretch for someone who uh, is being ignored by their husband, someone who their mm-hmm. husband won't uh, allow them to live their best life. She's out here looking mm-hmm. for an outlet to just express herself. She goes out dozing her uh, retail therapy. And does she mm-hmm. end up hooking up with some other guy? I can see it happening. So I'm not going to just say out of the, just believe the friend and just be like, Mark is lying about this. Is this a reason to kill your wife? No, but <laughs> um, um, I don't nope. see that this is an impossible thing that could have happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is, I get what you're saying. But even if she did, she didn't deserve what she what happened. You what know, happened? you don't yep. justify because to me to that is basically just trying to control someone that is saying you know 100%. there a few years ago uh like i mean maybe a year ago or so i did a story it was a good nurse story about a, a school nurse who was had a project that she started where she was collecting she was going back and finding the names of all of the, this is crazy but all of the female just any person any female who is murdered by at burnt murdered at the hands of a male anyone like someone that they were in a relationship Dating significant with. other yeah partner whatever right not necessarily mm-hmm. spouse but just like someone right and 
the list is just oh and it was one year that she was doing and then she wanted to try to go back uh, before that because it is you would not believe and i i haven't done any research on this because it wasn't this is not part of our necessarily the episode we're doing but the statistics on how many women are killed by men who they were in a relationship with it is unbelievable the number of men who are willing to throw their lives away just to have control over a woman and that let, let me just tell you that that is all it's about is it is nothing but control it has nothing to do with love it has nothing to do with their feelings for that woman it is all about wanting control that's it period end of story it's ridiculous yeah you can't put those two things in the same in a sentence you can't control someone and love someone if you love someone you love them for who they are and you don't want to control them i mean you really i mean you that would be the opposite of loving someone that's exactly right Mark uh, apparently wanted to go to counseling. He wanted to get marriage counseling. He wanted to heal their marriage. The counselor that he picked was, I guess, a little biased because that this particular counsel, counselor was very religious and sort of saw things through the same eyes that Mark would see things. So you can imagine if you have this man who's very religious and so he sees things a certain way like with his Christian beliefs. And then he goes, he goes, well, I think we need to get counseling. And then he goes and picks a counselor who really sees everything exactly the way he does. So this counselor looked at their situation and went, well, Mark is absolutely perfect. (laughs) And Kathy has so many things we need to work on. And that's kind of the situation. Mark was a deacon at the church. His faith was very important to him. It was against his beliefs to ever get a divorce. So... This is, again, I, I love that you brought up the whole control thing because he literally does want to control every aspect of everything all the time, right? right. Not only mm-hmm. do we, does she have to go to therapy, but she has to go to therapy with the therapist he picks that believes in the same thing he does in the exact same way. And the therapist just so happens to think all of the things wrong with Kathy are the things that he thinks are, thinks are wrong with Kathy. Give me a break. Give me a break. All right, so... Yeah, he's a control freak. And he wanted to control every aspect of her life. It, it just, it sounds, it's so clear now. Kathy, uh, I know you guys are going to be really shocked by this, but she didn't feel heard by the counselor. I mean, she went to counseling and she's trying to tell her side of the story. And she pa- basically feels like the counselor listens to Mark, listens to her, and then goes, Well, Kathy, let's see what we can work on this week, you know? <laughs> And she's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. I am. I'm not coming yes. back. She refused to go. And I don't blame her. Good for you. Good for you, Kathy. She's just like, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing this. This is manipulative. And no, not doing it. That's a horrible therapy session. I mean, that's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah. That's It's going to cause right. you more mental stress than it's going to relieve going to something like that. It's not therapy. <laughs> that is not what therapy is. It's nothing but manipulation. Yeah. It's it's religious manipulation and that's all it is, and and when I say that, like I, I I don't want to say that. I feel like that almost makes it sound like I'm not a religious person. I am. I have very strong religious beliefs in my own, you know, beliefs, and I, but I don't believe in I don't believe in forcing your beliefs on 100%. someone else, even if it's your yeah. spouse. That isn't right. That is not I feel right. Like- of course. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. And there's a God is life sign behind you, so. Oh. The other yeah. side. Yeah, there is. It's actually. God is love. I mean, it is true. Yeah, God is love. 
I love it. Yeah, that's just basic. That's so basic. It's just the yeah. Like you can't get any better than that. You don't have to say anything else. And, and I'm guessing one of the kids made that. Yeah, Levi made it. Good Levi <laughs> coming through. Yes, I love it. I love it. This is the best thing ever. I love it's it so much. It's like the best. You guys can't see it. It's a podcast, but uh, <laughs> this is a video. But behind me, I have my little like shelf with all my stuff on it that means something to me. Like it's got my my degree on there and my uh stuff that people gave me pictures of me and uh people that are i don't know it's just like random stuff and uh that's like a little thing that levi drew a long time ago when he was really small so there we were you know here she is she's in this relationship she's in this marriage she's been there since she was 18 her husband is they're very they're I mean, I don't know how religious she was, but her husband is extremely, extremely like deacon in the church kind of religious and trying to go to counseling. She attempts it. He's like, you know, getting this very religious counselor. She is not feeling it. She leaves. And it's like, nope, not doing that. So Mark actually gets concerned that she could be bipolar and wanted, I love this, wanted Kathy to be tested for being bipolar. She's like, no, I don't think so. I love how, you know, some people, and I feel like this would probably go either way, male or female, but it probably happens more against females than, than, you know, not than the opposite. But where if a female is not wanting to uh, necessarily go along with everything, all of a sudden he's just like maybe she's bipolar because <laughs> he doesn't do what i say it's insane so when both her children left for college their marriage pretty much got worse as you can imagine yeah. i mean empty nest syndrome is a thing it is not easy for people when they're then their children start to reach that age th- that they leave it the realization that there's an end to that for one thing there is a stark reality of how finite life is it's unbelievable it's the reality at what you knew was going to happen all along you knew it from the second that baby was born you've been dreading it all these years you've been trying to pretend like it wasn't going to happen trying to pretend like uh 20 years it's a long time nope it's not it's actually not (laughs) and so there they go they're like going to college and you're you know just like this trying to not you know it's trying to matter all you want you just want to matter that's all so kathy is just dealing with this you know and and i'm sure in his own way mark was dealing with it too i mean men love their children too he loved i'm sure he loved his children and they we all have to deal with this stuff in in our own way okay there are healthy ways of dealing with this stuff and there are unhealthy ways and Kathy was trying to deal with it in a healthy way. She was trying to like educate herself, create a new life for herself. I don't think that that necessarily meant a life without Mark, but I think that because her life looked so different from what Mark had in in his mind of what you know normal was, that it wasn't okay with him. He just was not flexible enough. He was not, you know, willing to let her you know spread her wings and like be this new person 
Yeah, and I don't I don't even think it was like just what what was in his mind. I think because in the beginning of mm-hmm. their relationship and the, even when they had the kids when the kids were younger, they were the perfect couple. They they went hiking, they loved each other. Everyone thought they were great. Mm-hmm. So, I don't even think it was what was in his mind. It was probably like the memory. Like I want that old Kathy and I don't want her to change. Right. But you know what? Change is not such a bad exactly. thing. I mean, I, um and I I think Mark maybe was just more like I would rather just like go to church and like be the same person and do the same thing over and over and over again every day until I die. And Kathy's no like, <laughs> I'm all set. <laughs> <laughs> so Kathy felt that Mark was speaking um, kind of poorly to, to of her about the uh, about her to the people at his church. She, you know, she felt like she felt like he was maybe like going to them and be you know how people do at church like let, let let me just tell you guys that if you don't go to church like i feel like this is how people talk about other people at church oh my gosh like you need to pray for so and so like this is how we start like it's a prayer request because if you say if you say I need you to pray for someone, then you can literally say any gossip about them that you want to because you're asking for them to exactly. pray for them. Yeah, right? that's wild. I feel like that's, that's wild. I never thought mm-hmm. about it. I never thought about that. But that is a sneaky mm-hmm. way of gossiping. Sneaky. <laughs> no, y'all, please don't do yeah. that. Because uh, you don't know I'm from the south. I don't, I, got, I know all your tricks. Stop it. Like, this is ridiculous. We don't have to do that. God knows everything. You you don't have to tell him. He understands. You don't have to tell your sister or your brother what's going on. You can just be like, pray for so-and-so, period. (laughs) We don't have to tell the details. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Can you pray for so-and-so? Because let me tell you what she just did. (laughs) You can't just be like, God, are you listening to this story? I can't. I can't even. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that that's how Kathy must have felt. Like Mark is as a deacon, he's going to church and he's just like, Please pray for uh, Kathy. She's having an affair uh, on me and she's doing like and they're all his you know, like all his church friends are sitting oh there like my. looking at each other like, Oh my god, <laughs> serious. Is this really happening? <laughs> So that's how she felt. It was very awkward, and she felt like he was just like basically talking about her behind his behind his back because she's not being the person that that he, that he expects her to be. Labor Day in two thousand six, the couple went to sleep in separate bedrooms. So they're sleeping in separate bedrooms. If you watch the video, in it's just a, there's a forty eight hours, and there's also I told you guys there's the till till death do us part um, episode. I think it's like in season one. And it's actually a really good episode. They do um, excellent interviews with the family, and they do a really good job of just laying out exactly what happens. So they're sleeping in separate bedrooms. And Mark woke up that night, and the carbon monoxide detector was going off. So he was actually sleeping in the basement, which I thought was weird. Mm -hmm. I thought that was strange, Mm -hmm. sleeping in the basement. But he was sleeping in the basement for whatever reason. And then the carbon monoxide detector goes off. So he goes upstairs and immediately he's looking for uh, the bedroom where Kathy is sleeping in and found her. She was unresponsive. He called 911. So if you watch the show, you you can hear the 911 call, of course. It's on there. 
And you can hear the 911 operator say, you know, what is going on? And, and he said, my wife is not breathing. And she said, okay, do you, is there a pulse? And he said, she's not breathing. And he's, she's like, okay, you need to do CPR. And he said, okay, okay, if if you, you guys are medical, people that listen to this, most people are medical. There are some people that, that are not that, that listen to this podcast, but um, for the most part, most people are, are somewhat medical. And so I feel like most people that listen, if you listen to this 911 call, you're all going to call BS because... There's just no possible way, even though I've always said, like, in an emergency situation, I know we don't know how we're going to act, but you wouldn't do CPR. I mean, and he's literally going one, two, three, stop it. Four. You're giving this dude too much credit. Mm. You you didn't know what you would do in an emergency situation. He puts people out for a living. He's an anesthesiologist. Thank you. You go, no excuse. Thank you. Yes, I know it's someone that you love. It's someone new. But you... If you're a doctor or a healthcare provider that long, that's when you jump to action. If it was his first year right. on the job, I can understand him freaking out. And his voice would be a lot more frantic than one, two. But if... But for his situation, no no excuses. Yeah, right? You're in the healthcare field. You're an anesthesiologist. You see your wife passed out. You jump on that chest. You put the phone on speaker, and you say, get your bums over here because my wife is dead. I don't believe any of this. I don't believe any of it. Do you Have you ever seen anyone in any scenario whatsoever do CPR by going yeah. one, two, three? No. Stop your lies. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. That's not how it happens. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, not how it happens no, at all. <laughs> if anything, you do it too exactly. fast, they and then tell you. someone behind you is going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" You know, like slow down, better compare, like more. You know, you need to do better compression, stronger compressions. You know, you have somebody that's there that's supposed to be trying to help mm-hmm. you. Uh, the people that are doing the compressions because it's so frantic, and sometimes it's you you know it's one thing to have that mannequin that you're doing compressions on it's another thing to have an actual person with a real sternum that's actually like so hard and you're trying to push down on that and it's it feels like concrete you know that you're pushing against it for those of you who have ever done cpr but even then like you're like yeah it's, it does one, yeah two, no 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 no, no. three no, no. if you work in healthcare no. if you've ever seen any cpr ever done you're out of breath by the like 20th push. Yeah. No one is counting that slowly, calmly if if they're trying to yeah. save someone's life. That's how I felt when I when I when I listened to it. It just felt And this is and gosh, I you know how I am. I try to be give these people the benefit of the doubt. I was just sitting there going, I can't even pretend like this makes sense. That's exactly my impression when I f- watched it the first time I watched it. I I can just remember sitting there going, "Man, I am trying so hard to give him the benefit of the doubt, and it is not happening." I there's no part of me that is wanting to. I, it just didn't yeah. make sense. The police immediately questioned all family members if they suspected any foul play being involved. Um, Mark was treated for carbon monoxide um, exposure um, at the hospital. All of his family said, "No, no, no, no way." No way there's foul play. Kathy's autopsy report showed that she did die, in fact, of carbon monoxide poisoning. Some people suspected that the water heater was not ventilated properly and that that's what caused the carbon monoxide poisoning. But a forensic examiner found that there were actually no issues with the water heater. So police continued to treat the situation as a crime. And then some friends of Kathy believed that her death 
was not an accident. And uh, one friend even remembers the last conversation that he had with Kathy, um, said that she told him at the end of the phone call, I'll take care of myself. You have to when somebody is trying to destroy you. Um, hmm. You have to take care of yourself when somebody's trying to destroy you. That's an odd thing to say to someone. And then she paused and she said, I mean that literally. And then three days later, she say was dead. Say no more. Say no more. Yeah. I mean, she's seen this coming. She's seen this coming. And she was like, I got it. I'm going to take care of myself. It makes sense that they were sleeping in two different rooms. Yeah, but like, yeah, she, she, she saw this coming. This is insane. This is wild. I agree. Well, Kathy's friends told the investigators that Mark was emotionally abusive and told her that he, he would uh, kind of tell her, like, oh, you need to lose weight. And um, they didn't think Mark was stable. And they didn't think Kathy was actually in a safe situation. Many people thought that they were not really good, like that, that this was a very toxic situation. Yeah. So the investigators uh, did get a, a search warrant. And the most valuable thing that they actually found were Mark's journals. And he wrote about his feelings and how his feelings were hurt by Kathy he was actually a really sensitive person. He even said that in some of his writings, like talked about how he was sensitive. Well, he remarried a little over a year after Kathy died. And then shortly, shortly after that, Mark was actually indicted for uh, the murder and his bail was set for $1 million. He denied that he killed Kathy. Obviously. And then when the trial began, some people were shocked because he had no emotion whatsoever at the trial which isn't really surprising for one thing i mean like i said it was he it's not like they were in the best relationship tina um, stop stop trying to give this dude credit <laughs> i hate him right now listen you can who cares if you're not in the good terms with someone this is the mother of your right. children if you have exactly. no emotions and you want me to believe you're sensitive Come on, stop it! Mm -hmm. Look, if you if you go to court and the entire time they're describing your wife's death and they're describing how she died and they're blaming you, if you don't have any emotion, I'm concerned, right? And obviously, that's not how you want to judge it. Obviously, not. You want to look at the facts, look at what happened, and then judge from there. But it just doesn't add mm -hmm. up. Mr. Sensitive over here lost his, the mother of his children, um, and he's just over here, Mr. Stoic. Come on, come on, mm -hmm. come on. Give me something. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. add up. The prosecutors said that they did think that Mark started the cars in the garage and closed all the vents except the ones in Kathy's room. The, so the, they think that what he did is he went into the garage, started the cars. He had closed all the vents in the whole house, of course, in the in the basement where he was. <laughs> of course. But left the ones open in Kathy's room so that... I mean, she was just a sitting yeah. duck. You know, she's just asleep. And I think we all know the, the effects that carbon monoxide has on someone. You don't even know. It just sneaks up on you. You have no exactly. idea. It just happens. They had wall duck samples taken from Kathy's room and other rooms. And so the amount of evidence of, of carbon monoxide was a lot higher in her room. Coinky dink. Mm-hmm. So... The thing is, it's like it, it, that right there is like the what's it called the smoking gun. Is that the the saying, the phrase? Just because mm -hmm. it, it 
Yeah, uh, it is impossible, especially if the cars are in the basement. Why would it only be such high wall plaster, carbon monoxide in a single room? That's the smoking gun. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, this was planned. That it's that it doesn't just happen, and it can't happen on science alone, logic alone. It, it can't happen that way <clears throat> unless you planned it. Yeah, because uh, the only other explanation that the defense was trying to come up with was that it had something to do with the water heater. Then why was it only in her yeah. room? Um, he was found guilty of aggravated murder. His family was uh, was shocked. They all were behind him, standing behind him, of course. And I don't, I don't blame Me them neither. for that. Yeah. I mean, I, you can't blame them. That's family's yeah. family's family. Look, no, if they don't think for he sure. did it, uh, uh, yeah, you can't blame them. You can't. Yeah, he was sentenced to life with the possibility of parole after twenty five years, and then to this day, he still claims that he didn't have anything to do with Kathy's uh, yeah. death. And that he still loves her. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does. He is uh, eligible for parole probably pretty soon because 25 years, and I think this happened in 2006 yeah. or something. So, I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But that's our that's our bad doctor story. I tell you, we you can't make you really stuff can't. up. <laughs> some of these things, some of these people are just out there, out there. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, having said that, all of that about our bad doctor, I'm excited about our good nurse story because mm -hmm. this is so we were talking about a, a, a bad anesthesiologist and there's all this you know if you've seen all the drama about the American Medical Association coming out about the scope creep and how nurse um, advanced practice nurses are, are wanting to are wanting to take on more and more roles have you heard of, if you heard of the term scope creep no like, are you saying creep or creak Creep, C R E E P, like Radiohead. Scope, scope <laughs> creep. I've never heard this once yes. in my life. Scope creep is basically what the American Medical Association is saying, and what I guess a lot of medical doctors are saying is that nurse practitioners, um, physician assistants, CRNAs, advanced practice nurses are trying to advance their scope of practice by creeping up and creeping uh. in on or encroaching on their their scope of practice so in other words it's like okay we start out saying that it's okay for you to do for you to do this and then you take on more and more and more and before you know it you're just your own thing and you're not even under the oversight of a medical doctor and oh my goodness who would have ever thought that a nurse would be able to be educated at the level uh, to have the knowledge that a doctor would have and be able to um, work on his or her own uh, standing with their own education. How is that possible? Oh, I know, because we can't. <laughs> yeah. And so, anyway, so anesthesiologist was our bad doctor. We are actually going to talk about a, a CRNA for our good nurse story, and I love CRNAs. I'm so impressed right. with them. They're right. so cool. CRNAs are, yeah. CRNAs, are, they mean business. They mean business. And I love this one. Do a you want Angel Angelina Walker? No, um, I'm sorry. Goldie, what's the name? Goldie Brangman. Um, Angelina yes, Walker. Angelina Walker was the, the name of the reporter. Yeah. Yes. Goldie Brangman uh, is the CRNA. She was the first and only african-american president of the american association of nurse anesthetists and um 
Oh my gosh, what a story. She, what an amazing person. I feel like she's one of these people that has absolutely no idea that she's not supposed to be doing this thing that she was doing. She just like went and she just did whatever she wanted to do. (laughs) And somebody forgot to tell her that she wasn't supposed to be able to be the president of the American Association of Nurse Anesthetists. That's supposed to be some white person somewhere, right? (laughs) What are you doing, Goldie? Come on. I love her name, too. She's Goldie. It's a great name. It's a great name. (laughs) So, she one oh my gosh can you believe this she cared for one of the most influential men of our time this is angelina walker's um story that she did it for nurse.org so on september 20th in 1958 dr martin luther king jr was the victim of a near fatal assassination attempt so apparently there is someone who had some mental health issues that was in his midst there he was there for some you know, some sort of public speaking event, and they stabbed him with a letter opener. Oh, oh my that gosh! That sounds so painful. First of all, and second of all, oh. I, look, I want to believe that this was a mental health issue and not like a, uh, a assassination. Oh, it says it's a, a assassination attempt. Yeah. So, but like either way, this is insane. I really didn't know that. I knew that they were multiple mm-hmm. attempts on his life. I didn't know that he was injured to this point where he needed to be in a hospital and needed an anesthetist, a nurse anesthetist. So, first of all, kudos to uh, Martin Luther King Jr. But yeah, who who knows? Maybe that would have been the day he he went. But we had Miss Goldie. We had we had our girl Miss <laughs> Goldie coming ready to save the day. Um, this is amazing. Well, he was taken to yeah. The thing is, he was taken to Harlem Hospital, and she was a member of the surgery team. She's a nurse, of course. She's a nurse anesthetist. She's a CRNA, of course. She's a member of the, the surgery team. That's what, That's they, what do, they do, right? They put people to sleep. Some people listening to this podcast might think that the person putting you to sleep is an anesthesiologist like our good Dr. Wangler from from before, <laughs> quote, good doctor. Um, no, a lot of times it is a nurse anesthetist, mm-hmm. a certified registered nurse anesthetist. These people are highly trained, highly intelligent. You do not get into this school without being extremely capable and highly skilled. And trust me, these people are fully capable of taking care of you in this situation and that's who Goldie Brangman was she was a a CRNA and she was part of the surgical team and so Dr. Martin Luther King is taken to Harlem Hospital which was funny is that some people were like oh my gosh he needs to be taken to another hospital like they can't help it they can't can't do it (laughs) there's no way I mean really they, they were just like no this is not the the way they were looking at this is like that he needs to go to like a better hospital and get a higher level of care they can't handle this and i don't know what who knows what they're thinking behind this is whether it's like a situation where if you think about you know in our country there are certain hospitals that have bigger names that you think okay this is where you're going to get the best care you know johns hopkins or wherever uh so I don't know. Maybe that's what they were thinking. I would like to think that's what they were thinking. But come on, this was back in the day. So uh, that's probably not what they were thinking. They're probably thinking this is Harlem Hospital. You're not going to get good care here. Well, Goldie and her team were just like, no, um, no, no. excuse me, we can handle yeah. this. And I love their boldness. Of course. I love their boldness because I mean, Q, would would you not be like, okay, yeah, take him, take him wherever? You're right because it it. it 
especially because it's Martin Luther King Jr., right? And this is at the height <laughs> of his, like, super stardom, right? So if he comes into the hospital, yeah. everyone is saying, you guys can't handle this, uh, this, this situation, number one. And number two, we need this man alive, so don't F it up. I'd be like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You take him to the <sighs> bigger hospital if anything goes wrong, right? Take him. Not Goldie. Yeah. Not Harlem Hospital. No. Not Goldie. They look... <laughs> They looked at this like, what are you talking about? We are 100% capable of taking care. I cannot even believe the boldness, the confidence, the, oh my gosh. I am, that alone to me, just being a healthcare professional, because I understand like from my perspective, it's, oh my gosh, the stress. I have taken care of very prominent figures in our area. And I'm just like, I would nev- I would love nothing more than for somebody to be like, you know what? I think we're just going to move. I'll be like, get out of here. I'm done. I'm like, I, seriously, I don't want that pressure. I don't want it. Right. But what I love about this team at this hospital is they looked at this like we can like it didn't even occur to them that they couldn't do this. Like they they were 100% confident in their skills. And that tells me that they were 100% confident that they knew they could do it. And guess what? They did. They took care of him. They did an awesome job. I just, I'm so proud of like her. I'm proud of the whole team, the whole situation, the way they handled that, like professionals and just like not afraid to tackle all the stress and anxiety that must have gone along with, oh my gosh, knowing that the microscope that they were going to be under yeah you know in that situation it it would be a tough situation but i say kudos to that team because she's amazing i think she's amazing anyway just because of all the stuff that she accomplished i mean that was one situation that she was put in where you know she just happened to be the crna that was on the surgical team at the time that dr martin luther king you know came in because he had been stabbed by you know uh, somewhat this craziness it says that they later deemed him mentally unstable. Oh, okay. Isola Curry. I guess that's not really necessarily important. The thing is, it was lodged into his sternum between a major artery and his aorta. That's not a lot of. That's not a lot of arguing. Uh, <laughs> you don't have a lot of time to decide. Man. That's a. We got to jump on this man right now, right here. Yeah. And, well, at, at, and, they, and it says at Harlem Hospital, the doctors decided the wound required immediate life-saving surgery. I mean, they were just saying, like, this is not something we can, we, you can't just decide, oh, I don't want him to have surgery here. I want, and they were going, no, you guys don't get it. <laughs> there aren't a lot of options. Sorry, but you're stuck with us. He's here and we're going to do it. And they did it. And he was just fine for a while, you know, until, of course, we all know what happened after that. But, but the thing is, it's like for Goldie, going back to Goldie, the, the good nurse of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she, like in that article, they have those videos at the bottom. And like when you talk to someone, you know immediately i don't know if you watch those two little videos at the bottom but you 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 know immediately that she loved her job like you, the way she describes it um what she did when she was uh, uh a nurse anesthetist and how she continued to do her thing i mean at the bottom of the article it says here she continued to work at harlem hospital for 45 years after that 45 <laughs> years and Prior to this, the day that Martin Luther King ended up at Harlem Hospital, she was there for 20. And then after she did that, she served at the director of the School of uh, of Anesthesia 
And then she went and she was the first African-American of the head of the AANA. So, like, this lady loved it. She went out and she did it to the fullest. And lifelong <laughs> nurse, a nurse anesthetist, um, talk about a good nurse. I mean, goodness gracious. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's amazing. Right. Because that was not her only decision. Exactly. I mean, that was obviously a major thing that happened in her in her career. But her her whole life was her defining moment she lived her entire life just one thing after another just doing whatever came whatever came along she wasn't afraid to tackle something that was difficult she just did whatever she had to do Um, and I just think it's amazing she would continue to attend the um, AANA meetings and volunteer for the Red Cross she said she was a student nurse in the 1940s and she was as a student nurse she was sent out to uh with a tin can to collect donations for the red cross in the streets of new york isn't that wonderful she said when i moved to hawaii i had planned on just being retired but instead i was talked into volunteering i've worked with the red cross in a number of different capacities for the past 69 years (laughs) <laughs> she just doesn't stop giving. Look, I, I ask myself this question all the time. You know, when as us healthcare workers, for most of you people listening, it, like our job is giving back in a huge way. You know, we're helping people give back. But then there's like superstars like this where they, they're nine to five, they're day to day, they're Monday through Friday isn't enough giving. So they have to give on their mm-hmm. days off. They have to give on the weekends. They have to join a school and join the school board or become or just go and donate at the Red Cross. Like, Miss Goldie, you're a superstar. She's a superstar. Yes. Well, she did a lot of different things. I mean, she she passed away February ninth, two thousand and twenty. She was. What you say? She was born October the the second in nineteen twenty. Nineteen twenty. And then she died. And she died February the ninth, two thousand twenty. So she just passed away this past year. Wowzers! Wowzers! Oh my Isn't god! Isn't that amazing? Wait, really? Yes. You say two thousand and twenty. She died in two thousand and twenty. Yes. On October yes. 2nd, 2017, celebrated her 100th birthday. So she died at 100 and what? 3? 103? That's a long life. Well, 102 and some change. She would have been 100 October 2nd, 19 or 2020, but she died oh, in February. Okay. That's a yeah. long life. And she deserved every second of that life. I mean, she did a lot. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. She saved Martin Luther King's life, and that's a highlight. But listen, that's her <laughs> job every single day. She's saved thousands, probably hundreds, probably right. thousands of people. So good for her. Yes. Goldie, talk about a good Yes, nurse. and she was a lifelong volunteer. Yeah, she was a lifelong volunteer with the Red Cross. And she just did so much. I mean, throughout her entire life, she did. She was always doing yeah. something. Not. She was not the kind of person who was just like doing one thing after another just to get attention or just to get media. She just, she just did what she did. She was a volunteer at, at heart. That was her heart. That was her spirit. She would you know during a hurricane. She would help work at the shelters for storm victims. Um, she received multiple awards throughout her life for her service. Um, she got the Ann Magnuson Award for her service in the Red Cross. I mean, she she lived for ninety nine years. It's a long time. <laughs> I mean, she's just, it's a she's just long giving, time. giving, giving. It's yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a selfish dude because <laughs> after my three days, I'm like, I deserve a vacation. I mean. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm, not, I'm the same one. Oh, like, all right. I, get, I gave more than enough. Oh. <laughs> I'm just like, I got my COVID vaccine in my goodness. I got to rest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you guys, please. Uh, hey, you have your millennial classics yes. i know they can follow you on instagram for millennial Damn. classics those oh, those are oh, really you. cool you like do movies and stuff i love those those are fun oh, thank you you know what i will shout them out because yeah, i do like them too um yeah you guys could check me out at the millennial classics it's it's really fun we talk about um, movies and music for millennials and uh we have a good time me and my good friend barry thank you for that i like that thank you tina all right. And you guys know you can find me at Tina at GoodNurseBadNurse.com. You can go to GoodNurseBadNurse.com on our website, or you can just email me if you want to. That's fine. We'd, I'd love to hear from you. I love it when you send me your your messages and um, words of encouragement. I, it's, I thrive on that. I love it so much. It really keeps me going. And you can find us on Instagram at GoodNurseBadNursePodcast. You can find us on uh, Facebook and Twitter, although minimally but you can find us at gmbn podcast and i just want to also remind you guys even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy just please be a good nurse yes <laughs>